everyone. My name is Chris Price. Welcome back to another edition of Brass Bonanza, a Whalers podcast dedicated to keeping the memory of our favorite hockey team alive. This week's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. We're finally here. The top teams in college basketball have been determined and the final four is set. Looking to wager on these games or the national championship? Head over to betonline.ag on your desktop or your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code BLEAVE to get started. BetOnline remains your number one spot for all updated odds and info along with player props and new contests throughout the year. It's the best source for all your sporting wagering needs, including live betting and everyone's favorite Vegas casino and poker games. It's super easy to get started, so join today. Learn why everyone is saying Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to wager on sports. Bet Online, where the game starts. Before we start today's show, I want to let you guys know that my book, Bleeding Green, A History of the Hartford Whalers, is now available for pre-sale at Amazon.com. You can go to Amazon.com and look it up. Bleeding Green, or my name, Christopher Price. That'll lead you to it. Uh, and secondly, want to let you guys know today's guest, Brian Prop, who is really, in my mind, one of the true ambassadors of the sport of hockey. This is a guy who only played one year in Hartford, but was tremendous with me when it came to opening up his Rolodex, open, you know, providing emails, providing phone numbers of all these former players who were able to shed a little light on what it was like to play for the Whalers or against the Whalers. Brian Prop played more than a thousand games in the National Hockey League, scored more than a thousand points, a five-time All-Star. I really want to thank him for his help with this project. I also want to thank him for joining us this week on Brass Bonanza. Brian, thank you so much for joining us. Let's start at the beginning of your Whalers career. You signed a free agent deal with Hartford prior to the start of the 93-94 season. What sort of preconceived ideas did you have about the franchise and the Whalers themselves when you signed there? I was a free agent, and so like I didn't know if I was going to get signed or not, but uh, Paul Holmgren was the coach. And uh, so, like, uh, I worked really hard all summer, and uh, and I, I made the team. Uh, so that was nice because uh, I was with Brad McCrimmon again. Uh, like, he was there, a part of that. And and Chris Pronger also got uh, signed uh, at the end of the, the – when it was getting start. And then uh, – so I got to play with Chris Pronger uh, my last year. What was – pronger like that first year what do you recall about him as a rookie yeah he was uh, 19 uh, but he was really immature and so that's why uh, brad mccrimmon who who played defense for all those years really took him under his uh to, to help him and that really made a big difference with chris to to show uh, how Brad McCrimmon worked hard and how he worked uh, with the weights and uh, got, got a little stronger. And, uh, and, and it was, you know, it was really good uh, to have uh, a leader like Brad McCrimmon for a couple of years with Chris Pronger. To, to have you and Brad in the same locker room, I, I also imagine with, 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 with Coach Holmgren there, it, it may have made for an easier transition for you. Is that a fair assessment? Yeah, well, we've been together for, for all those years, like uh, Brad McCrimmon and, uh, and and Ray Allison, who played for Hartford too. Like at the mm-hmm. start, uh, we the three of us played uh, three years in junior uh, for the Brandon Wheat Kings. We had powerful teams, and uh, I still talk with Ray uh, all the time. Now he lives in South Carolina, and uh, and Brad, of course, uh, 
died like 11 years ago and uh which was unfortunate but uh we stay in touch and uh you know it was good to have brad and myself as leaders because that was 15 years in in the nhl already and so we kind of knew what was going on and uh it was uh what for for chris it was you know just good for him to get uh, signed uh and he had a long career after that Mm-hmm. You had some quality veterans uh, on that team, and that was a big team. I think there were a few guys who were kind of left over from the Brian Burke era, those big physical whalers of the early 1990s. I think more than half your team, I was looking at the roster this morning, more than half your team was 6'3 or bigger. Those must have made for some tough practices. Well, we tough practices because they, like, they did a lot of drills where you, you had to play one-on-one and uh, it's it's tough to play against tougher guys, uh, bigger guys like that. But, you know, at that year, like, you know, we had uh, Samuelson and and, uh, Burke was a goalie and uh, we had Brad Recrimin and Adam Burt and uh, we had, uh, you know, Castles and uh, we had had a a couple of key guys. but uh, yeah, like you said, it was a really big, big team. And so, you know, for me, I, I was kind of fortunate because I had a couple of guys that got hurt uh, and they missed most of the season. So that gave me a chance to play my uh, thousand games and get a thousand points. And, you know, halfway through the year, like Paul Holmgren uh, went to the GM and then Pierre Maguire took over. And uh, so the, that, that, that he, he gave me a little more chance to play uh, the second half of the season. I'm glad you bring up the, the coaching change there because I, I wanted to kind of touch on that. Paul started the year as the coach, but then they did a little shifting and, and Pierre took over after you guys had a bit of a slow start. I want to ask this as politely as possible. There are a lot of guys who I've spoken with who weren't crazy about Pierre as a coach. First, I want to ask you, what was your relationship like with him? And second, did you ever witness any sort of that, maybe let's call it frostiness, between Pierre and some of the other players on the team? Well, at that time, like uh, I played with Paul Holmgren when I first started in 78, uh, 79, and 80 uh, for, for all those years. And then, uh, then he was a coach of the Flyers uh, from 1990 on, a couple of years later there. And uh, so, like, I knew him for all those years. And then uh, having him as uh, the coach and GM and for me to get signed by the Hartford was uh, was really, really nice for him to know that, you know, I was a good player at that time. But my last year, like, I only played fourth line and, you know, just uh, spot uh, duty. And then, then, then when... Pierre took over like he gave me more ice time because he wanted to get my thousand points and thousand mm-hmm. games which was which really nice uh, but yeah I, I didn't uh, didn't mind because like I never blame the, the coaches it's the coaches are here to help the other other people and so Pierre like he was new but uh, he I, I like he, he did a good job it, it was it was a kind of an up and down year. And again, a lot of the guys, they said they weren't crazy about Pierre, but they understood. And it seemed to be a franchise. And I know you're only there for that one year, but it seemed to be a bit of a team in transition, kind of going from the Brian Burke era to, to kind of a different, kind of a different game, a different kind of a different style of hockey. Is that a fair assessment? 
Yeah, at that time it was, it, they were just changing. And so, but you know, but again, I was uh, happy to be there my last year. And then I, then I played a year in France after that. And then, uh, but uh, you know, it's it, it just, you always want to win and, and try to help the other team win. And so like, unfortunately we didn't make the playoffs that year because we had a, a, a sore throat, uh, uh, store slow start mm -hmm. and but uh and it's tough to catch up you, you know what it's like now there's 30 32 teams uh you, you, you not everybody makes the playoffs and it and it's so competitive and you know especially with uh overtime and you know, ties and shootouts you never know what's going to happen and uh you know so and of course you know boston was number one all the time and it, it's tough to play against them but uh i think uh Bork, the goal, uh, Burke, the goalie, played really, really well for us. You know, we we had to had a couple injuries, and then we had a, some people that were still learning, and so it's kind of like a build rebuilding. That year, and, and you brought that up, your your thousandth point. That was a big year for you. You also played in your thousandth game, your thousandth point. What do you remember about your one thousandth NHL point? I have to imagine the positive memories start with the fact that it came against the Flyers. Yeah, yeah, it was like uh, as I was getting down in the end of the season, like uh, like I had a I, I I had notes of every game that I was playing and and when I got a point, so like it was getting close, and so for me it was uh, I, I was at. 998 points and then we scored two goals against the flyers to get my thousandth point and then i had a you know four other points after that but it was the end of the end of my career and so like i kind of knew that and so it was really special for me it was an afternoon game i had a bunch of people in philadelphia that i know that were there and so you know when i scored the first goal you know we and we we we're, we're ahead and then we 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 one against the Flyers because that almost kind of knocked them out of the playoffs, which was uh, was different for them. But uh, you know we had good players and like I remember that when I scored my thousand uh, points, uh, Chris Pronger and uh, Robert Cron assessed it on on my goal. After the lockout, did you have a chance to come back to Hartford? I know you played for a year in Europe. Was there ever any thought about continuing your career with the Whalers? Uh, no, no, not now because uh, like it was a lockout uh, the year before or the, the, the day after the year mm -hmm. after. And so like, you know, I was looking like I was the smartest guy in the world. So by playing <laughs> hockey and then, you know, and even at the, at the end of the year, like where they, they had half a season, like I was thinking, oh, geez, well, you know, like my season's done in France. Like I want to see if I can hook up with another uh, team on the playoffs. Like I was thinking about the Flyers again, but uh, you know, that didn't help and uh, happen, but uh, you know, still it was good for my career just to finish in France. And then uh, in Hartford, like, you know, we've done a few alumni events with them. Like they have some, a couple of hockey events and every uh, summer they have the baseball event that they have. I was there a, a couple of years ago at the, at the event there with uh, all the alumni in, in Hartford. And, and of course uh, the Hartford, for the fan base like travels to Philadelphia and when I was doing the radio the last nine years and as ambassador for them for four years I got to meet the the, the fans at the at the Wells, Wells Fargo you know just to say hi and connect with them. You know, Joanne is one of the uh, best uh, fans of me she's one of the best she really is she, she's she is one of those people who keep that light on who who keep their fingers crossed who 
hope against all hope that Hartford will one day uh, again have an NHL team. I love that passion. I love that desire. What do you think it is that keeps this team in the hearts of so many people in Connecticut? Why do you think this franchise continues to resonate? Well, think about their their logo. It, it's one of the top score is uh, selling uh, logos of all all time. And so, and then because we're so close to Boston and uh, New York, a lot of people still remember when we played at the old uh, arena, like in the, in the, in the mall and, and the, the song, the song that the, they, the time they scored a goal. And, and so, but, and, and uh, since they had the American hockey league uh, there too, you know, just that people are to remember that, but it, you know, unfortunately, Nowadays, like they, they would need to have a nice rink that like a big, big rink uh, that might uh, that hurts them. But uh, and then they moved to uh, Carolina. And then uh, so like that, we, we went from there. But it's just uh, people love uh, Hartford. Uh, you know, like I, I try to get back as soon as I as much as I, I can and uh, vi- visit the other alumni that I know, because on the East Coast, coast it's pretty easy to, to live someplace uh, like within four or five four, five hour drive and then we go to New York and then uh, Boston so like it's it's pretty close and so like you know, no problem just driving and visiting with other people we're going to get back to our conversation with Brian Proctor in one second but first I want to let you guys know a little something about athletic greens tons of people take multivitamins but it's important to choose one that is top quality with one delicious scoop of athletic greens you're absorbing 75 high quality vitamins minerals superfoods probiotics and adaptogens to start your day right their special blend of ingredients supports gut health your nervous system your immune system energy recovery focus and aging It's also lifestyle friendly and fits a wide range of diets. There's only one gram of sugar and no chemicals or artificial anything. Reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. It's just one scoop in a cup of water every day. That's it. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash believe. That's B-L-E-A-V. Again, that's athleticgreens.com slash believe. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. These products are not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Athletic Greens, take ownership of your health. Now back to our conversation with Brian Pro. So many guys that I've spoken with are just so connected. We're, remember being so connected to the community. Who was your guy and what, where did you live when you played for the Whalers? And who were the guys that you hung out with when you were in Hartford for that season? Well, of course, you know, my, my best friend, uh, Brad McCrimmon, was a good friend of mine. And so we lived close together. And uh, uh, Brian Marchmont, like he lived like right next to me. Like, uh, so we drove together to the games and things like that. Uh, in, uh, I think it's Farmington, or I, mm-hmm. I still can't remember exactly where it is because uh, I have a, had a stroke and don't remember a lot of things. But uh, yeah, so I remember them. And uh, you know, Mush was you know he he stop every once in a while, have a drink and uh, visit, and uh, you know. But at that time, it was it still it was it was fun hockey because you know so many people and we got along really well. I remember that one time we had a Halloween uh, party, which was which is unbelievable. And then and then also for my thousand 
thousandth game, we had a big party uh, at the at the rink because we went went on a road trip right after that. So uh, you know, we just uh, had a had just a short time just to kind of uh, have a little quick party and then keep going on from there. So many guys say their favorite part of playing in Hartford and playing for the Whalers was the sense of community. The phrase that I've heard over and over again was. Hartford was kind of like the Green Bay of hockey, where it was this small, intimate little community. And that was really the biggest takeaway for a lot of guys. For you, what's the ultimate legacy of the Whalers? Again, the, the, the fact that this team continues to resonate with hockey fans. Is it the community? You mentioned the logo. Some people bring up the song, Brass Bonanza. What for you is the enduring legacy when you talk about the Hartford Whalers in your time in Hartford? Yeah, because I was there for the, my last year, but uh, like I, I loved uh, the people that were there. Like it was a small community, and uh, and the, the bars closed early, so like you you had to find a place to eat after the games. But it still, it was it was just nice a community that was small, and uh, most of the people uh, went to work during the day, and then they went to the game after, and then they went went away. But for me, it was like uh, the community around uh, and the farms. Like I remember where we were, like like right next to our house where we rented. Like there was a if you want to buy some honey, and they left a, a, a jog where you could put the money in, and then like they didn't steal it, you know, which is really <laughs> kind of crazy. But uh, you know, you, you knew that. Hey, listen, if you want a honey or some some jam or things like that, they they had it right there, and then they just leave money for them and so it was that that's that's kind of weird but uh you know that's a, a nice story uh that uh you know people re remember and uh it's so it's but it's really good for me just to be a part of that for people who don't know you've been very active in your post-playing career let the hartford hockey fans know what you're up to these days uh yeah so like uh if, if people want that they can go to my brian prop dot com website and uh and, and i and I, I do some work with wolf commercial real estate in, in new jersey and, and philadelphia and so like I, I work with them and so and then and then i also i'm the ambassador for bancroft uh, brain injury people because i had a massive stroke uh, six years ago like i couldn't talk or walk or do anything for a year and a half so i've come back uh, a long way from that and so i, I i'm the ambassador for bancroft and also, I have my own cigar brand, the, the Gaffaw Cigars from the, the Dominican Republic. It's at, at, at GaffawCigars.com. So if anybody wants to order, everything's online, but they're really good. I have mild, medium, Maduro, and uh, limited edition. So if they want to check that out, you know, they can order online. And, uh, you know, that's what I've been doing the last couple of years. And, uh, you know, just keep working and trying to pay the bills and uh, have a good time. Sounds good, Brian. Thanks again for taking the time to do this. I really appreciate you doing your part to keep the memory of our favorite hockey team alive. Thanks, Chris.